working in talent acquisition and recruiting and wish the company that you hire for had better pulling power when it comes to attracting job seekers to your recruitment processes. Now, talent acquisition professionals are probably closest to the pain and an unappealing or totally unknown place to work creates for hiring. And oftentimes, you know, hiring managers can have pretty unrealistic expectation when it comes to the talents that they expect to be presented to them as applicants and candidates for the open jobs. And this is especially painful in all of the more modern roles with the, you know, the talents of the digital age, a profile that I spoke about in episode 24. And uh, when there is a lot of competition for talents that are representing those niche skills, knowledge, the new, more modern knowledge, you know, the, the attitudes that are required in this age of the very fast transformation and change, and it, just the ability to de- deliver results during this kind of a time, this era where everything around you is just changing so fast and, uh, you know, there's a lot of this, the, the element of unpredictability around you and uh, these kind of talents, what I call the, the talents of the digital age, unfor- unfortunately, the company that you hire for is unlikely to stand a chance to win over these kind of talents unless your company is known for offering what these modern and skilled talents uh, of the digital age expect to receive. And the problem for you as the recruiter is that you work with what I call talent sales. So your job is really close to, you know, the what, what your sales colleagues are doing. So you sell the open jobs and the career opportunities And you need to do that as fast as possible with the best possible outcome, best possible contract. And uh, as I said, your role is very equivalent, in my opinion, to the colleagues that are working in the, you know, so-and-so real sales department, selling the products and the services your company offers. And if the customer audience, which in your case is obviously the relevant job seekers, if they know nothing about your company or if they have wrong impressions about what you represent, who you are, uh, or, you know, even the worst case, if your company has an unappealing image or even a negative reputation, your ability to, you know, as a recruiter to win over the best talents in your recruitment process, keep them in there and offer those best talents uh, for your hiring managers just becomes pretty impossible. And, uh, you know, as a talent acquisition professional, you know that very well yourself. So the question is, what can you do if the company that you work for has no interest or no desire to develop their employer image and employer brand? What can you do in that kind of circumstance? Hello, my name is Susanna and I am a modern employer branding and talent marketing coach and consultant. And this is Building a Modern Employer Brand Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about how you can use candidate communication to develop the employer image of the company that you hire for without any extra help from anybody, without any budget, using your own time and your own passion to start making your talent acquisition job easier case by case 
for yourself and for the company that you hire for. I bet that you know what candidate communication means, but I also think, I also believe that you may not necessarily know how to stretch it, how to expand candidate communication, how you can personally use uh, candidate communication to develop and to improve the employer image of the company that you work for. Now, candidate communication is all of the communication that you have with your prospective applicants, with those who send their application, as well as those that you invite forward in the recruitment process who I call as the candidates. The difference between an applicant and candidate in this case is that every single person who applied for the job, who sent their application for you to review, is what I call an applicant in the process, but only those applicants who use green out and invite forward to the actual selection phase, your interviews, your tests, whatnot, those are what I call candidates for the role. I differentiate these to clarify their position in this process and in the candidate communication. So uh, just, you know, I, I think I mean, regular recruitment and talent acquisition, you know, people use applicant or candidate, you know, in, in uh, and that they mean the same. But I just wanted to differentiate those to clarify, you know, their position in this candidate communication framework. So we are, in fact, talking about applicant and candidate communication in this framework that I'm going to introduce you to. But for the sake of making the name for the activity shorter and easier to memorize, I just call it candidate communication. That's complete. That wasn't, com you know, that's, that's pretty, pretty complicated, isn't it? It's not. It's not. So applicants are those who send their application. Candidates are those who you choose to invite forward to the process and then you you know evaluate between your candidates who's actually going to get the job who you offer the job and then candidate communication is the entire you know all of the communication that takes place during this process uh, but part of it is directed to the applicants and then the other part is uh, directed to the actual candidates i just call it candidate communication to you know make the name for this activity shorter and more memorable. What makes applicant and candidate communication so important and powerful when developing employer image? So um, in my experience, businesses who tend to be concerned about their employer image, they hire a lot and they hire regularly. And these employers have, based on their own trials and errors and tribulations, they've understood that their business is likely to suffer unless they are able to meet their talent acquisition goals and numbers. And uh, I, you know, my client base, and I've also, when I was working in-house, you know, is to do a lot with uh, uh, talent audiences that go to school to study something a business needs in order to sell and succeed. So, um, you know, this is especially valid in that field where I've worked in my entire career hiring educated talents, talents with that went to school to study a degree on something. When a company's business growth and success is based on people, not on machines, not on automation. And those companies tend to hire regularly and 
actively, especially if they are, you know, sort of on this fast uh, speed growth uh, roadmap. And if you constantly fail to, as, a, as a talent acquisition professional, if you constantly fail to sign an employment contract with the kind of talent that the company needs in order to, you know, to develop and deliver their services or projects to their customers, uh, that business is unable to grow. That business is unable to meet their growth goals because they essentially need those employees, those talents to do the work that, uh, you know, grows their revenue and grows their profit. So uh, what that means is that they're, they can't sell because there is not enough people to do the job that they're selling. So your talent acquisition becomes a business problem in that case. And in uh, those cases, most companies start to seek for you know different ways to solve this problem. And uh, there are the most typical opportunities, which is, for example, starting to develop more effective hiring processes with you know implementing uh, direct search, even inbound recruiting to build a lead funnel for hiring, starting to develop employer image and employer brand to win in the in the war for the desired talents uh, on the market and become one of the most viable, even the most desired place to work. And uh, the third uh, you know, option typically is to at least to start with this, that go for, you know, buy the services from a headhunting company or, you know, buy professional recruitment services, uh, which quickly turns very expensive. It's not going to solve the problem for your business in the long term and uh, is going to turn as expensive, especially if your company has no brand or has a negative reputation because, you know, a recruitment consultant or a headhunter is not going to be, they're not going to be able to sell your business to somebody, you know, if you have a really lousy reputation. So many companies then start to develop their internal recruitment and their employer branding operations to try to solve this problem effectively, both in the, in the short and in the long term. Uh, but what if your boss or the management in your company are not, you know, if, if they're not getting this, if they're not seeing this opportunity, this need, yet you are expected to be delivering them the candidates that they desire. Uh, and sometimes also in, you know, some might say unrealistic timeframes. What can you do then? What can you do? You can personally start to execute a proper candidate communication plan. And all you need to do is implement two types of candidate communication into your recruitment process and start executing your candidate communication plan in every single recruitment process you operate. And if you have colleagues in talent acquisition, so there's more than you doing the recruitment for the company that you work for, then obviously, this is not going to work towards the employer image if you're not if the entire talent acquisition team is not going to implement this communicate candidate communication plan into everybody's recruitment process so let's talk about what you need to get started obviously you need to understand 
you know, your recruitment process. So go ahead and pick up or dig out or, you know, draw it yourself, uh, the flowchart or the description for your recruitment process. This is to visualize it for yourself. Uh, how does your recruitment, how does your typical recruitment process flow? What are the events taking place? What are the tasks involved for you? And for other people who are taking part in the decision making, for example, or in the selection phase, um, you know, what is the typical length of your recruitment process? And, uh, you know, where are the, uh, what candidate communication do you already execute during your recruitment process? And how do you do it? So you start with getting a visual sort of status update of where you are, the current state of your candidate communication. And you know, throughout your recruitment process. And then what you need is the the the, the uh, cheat sheet for planning a simple yet effective candidate communication framework, which is available as a downloadable in the episode theme article for this podcast. You can find that at modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast 62. modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast 62. This is the cheat sheet for planning the simply and effective candidate communication framework that I've developed a long time ago. I've executed it as a recruitment consultant and for in-house recruiting. So, you know, it really works. So go ahead and find it and then download it for yourself. And then the third thing that you need is, is uh, time that you reserve for yourself to take the six planning steps uh, and prepare if not all, most of your candidate communication messages in advance so that when you actually need them, you have them ready. Everybody who's worked in recruiting knows that when you're in the middle of a recruitment process, you hardly ever have time or, you know, the brain energy to start developing anything, you know, new in there. So don't leave it there. Otherwise, you'll never do this. And by the way, uh, you know, you probably heard me talking about telemarketing school that we are launching in the near future. So there is actually going to be a course about this when we launch. So to, just so that you know that if you find it hard to get this done with the help of the cheat sheet that you download from my blog, then help is soon available in a form of a course. And in that course, I'm teaching my six-step planning process to develop and implement a simple yet effective candidate communication framework that, as said, I developed and executed, you know, successfully for many, many years, both for when I was working as a recruitment consultant and when I was uh, recruiting in-house. And in that course, you will learn the setup about the three types of candidate communication using this method. I teach what types of communication content you should use to gain maximum impact. And I will give you a bunch of message templates for inspiration and to work with and go through every single step in the planning process. And in the downloadable, there's also going to be a downloadable workbook and other help for you. And, uh, uh, and by the way, I did a little video for the Telemarketing Pro Instagram account about candidate communication. So if you want to check that out, I'll add the direct link to that Instagram uh, post, my little video, to the team article for this podcast episode. So the same, modernemployerbrand.com 
slash podcast 62, you'll find the, the, the link to download the cheat sheet and the link to that Instagram short video. Let's talk about the three types of candidate communication in this framework. When you implement and execute these as instructed in all of your recruitment processes, you will significantly improve the candidate experiences in that process and start building a positive employer image about the company that you hire for. And the more you do this, the more you build up on that positive employer image. So that's why this is probably the easiest way to start developing your employer image if you have no budget, no resources, no time aside your recruitment processes. Nobody's believing employer branding. Nobody's going to help you. Only thing you have is your applicants and your candidate audiences and, uh, and uh, your words. So this is how you do it. This is how you develop a good employer image. Okay, so the three types of uh, communication in this framework are weekly process communication, personal candidate communication, and those two are the key, key ones. Those you need, those are the bare minimum that you need to implement. And the third type is called public talent audience communication. And that is an extra, but that is really powerful, especially then for you. I'll let you know in a minute why. Let's first address the weekly process communication because this is literally the most important part of your candidate communication framework. This will not only improve those candidate experiences, but this will also increase the likelihood of your candidates committing to your process during a what typically tends to be a lengthy selection phase. One of the worst things in hiring is that when you as the recruiter, you did everything to get those great applicants and candidates in the process. And then the selection phase takes so long, not because of you, but because of the hiring manager and because of all the tests involved and, you know, all the different phases that you have. It takes so long that your best candidates just start to drop out one by one because they took a job elsewhere. Somebody else moved faster and signed them up and you lose them. This is one of the worst things in hiring. So if you execute this uh, weekly process communication according to this framework, you will significantly increase the likelihood that your best applicants, your best candidates will actually commit to your process and they are, they are at least postponing their need and desire to drop out and sign up with somebody else as long as possible. So you know, weekly process communication is weekly. It needs to be weekly once a week, but it needs to be once a week. It's literally transparency to what happens in this process, when exactly they can expect something to take place, what is it going to be? And even when nothing is taking place, you still, you know, communicate that weekly status update. Then you have your personal candidate communication, which is typically known as two types of messages. You know, the automated response from your recruitment system that informs the applicant in the most unpersonal, boring as heck, lacking all the potential value for the recipient as, as well as for you, way that your application has been received. Thank you for your interest and we will be in touch with you, you know, when we know more or something. 
oh my god those are just like i literally oh i hate those messages and then there is the no thank you message or call which you know when sending it or making that call takes weeks of the months to take place and by the time you actually send that no thank you message or make that no thank you call the applicant or the candidate they already knew it a long time ago that they weren't going to be asked forward or you know they didn't get the job because they heard nothing back they heard nothing back for weeks or for months and they already formed their opinion and it's not going to be good about both of you as a recruiter as well as this process and the company that you're hired for so that's the most typical candidate communication that companies do and those two types are the most typical ways to do it and those two types are the reason why candidate experiences are so bloody lousy but you can make a change to that so there are a few extremely good tips how to woo your applicants with personal candidate communication and this is also the type of communication that helps you to detect pretty quickly if your applicant is really even motivated for this role at all because when you help them and they're not responding to your help it kind of communicates to you that they're not really that interested which for you is then you know you're able to make a decision on their behalf in this process so the third type of communication is the public applicant audience communication which is not the same as recruitment marketing and it's not the same as advertising and promoting your vacancy and the link to the job post this is this public applicant audience communication this is what you do from your own linkedin profile not from the company profile or from any other relevant social media profile of your own uh, you know with what you could where you can reach the specific talent audience for this specific job so it doesn't have to be always on linkedin it could be you know other social media as well just where your relevant audience can be you know found and can be communicated to and can be connected with so public applicant audience communication is golden for your career in talent acquisition this is where you build your talent network, where you attract attention to your processes, where you build trust and relationships with your potential applicant audience. And as a result, you kind of, you know, you kind of build yourself this recruiter brand. I teach all about this in that course. So you should definitely pay attention to my talent marketing school messaging to sign up when we launch. So I also want to tell you quickly how simple the planning process is for this framework because it is literally just six steps. And if you download that cheat sheet, you have those six steps set out, you know, outlined for you so you don't have to write these down. So first, step one is you divide your typical hiring process into three communication phases. So when you look at your recruitment process, that flowchart or the process de description or whatever you sort of dribble on your paper, you will recognize this, you know, there's these three phases in your typical recruitment process. You have the start. This is the actual marketing phase. This is the time when you, you know, post that, uh, publish that job post, and that's when it starts, and then it ends, you know, the, that date when there is the deadline for applications. Then you have the middle, and this is the selection phase, and this is usually really lengthy one, and this starts from the day after the deadline for the application ended. 
So this is when you start going through your applications, you start making decisions about who you're going to invite forward, and you start make this is the phase where you make decisions about who to hire and who to make a job offer. And this is a lengthy one because there's, you know, various could be various of interview rounds, uh, you know, could be a personality assignment or different kind of skills, ability tests, whatever, you know, goes into your selection phase, how you make sense of who is your best uh, option, who you want to make the job offer to. So this is the middle communication phase. And then there is the end, which is when you actually close this entire recruitment process. All the work has been done for this process. You've completed it. You've successfully signed a contract with somebody. And uh, each of these three phases in your typical recruitment process offer you, you know, wonderful opportunities to exercise quality candidate communication to help you succeed in this process and help you develop the more positive and more appealing employer image, you know, process by process and uh, literally a applicant, an applicant and a candidate by candidate. Then the step two is that you actually split your candidate communication messages into three types of messages. In my framework, you have informational messages, which is, you know, adding transparency to your process. These are normally the, you know, the, the, the weekly status updates of what's going on in the process. You have helpful messages, which is to literally to help somebody, an applicant, a candidate to succeed uh, in your process. And then you have encouraging and inspiring messages. Uh, which are more uplifting and uh, could be more personal. And especially the no thank you should be this type of a message. So each phase, each communication phase, the start, the middle and the end, they each of those offer an opportunity to use one or more of these three types of messages. And when you do that, your candidate experience is about you as the recruiter, about this process and about the company that you hire for will improve. And the more you implement these three, three types of messages, the more you will impact these areas positively. And when you think about it, you know, the size or the potential size of your audience in recruiting, it's going to be pretty large. And they talk, they talk a lot about their experiences, you know, with different companies when they go through, go through their recruitment processes. So this is really a wonderful opportunity to directly impact both your own as well as the reputation of the company that you hire for. And then the step three is planning the candidate communication around your typical recruitment process. This is where you create the plan. What kind of communication are you going to implement and execute throughout your recruitment process? When is it going to be taking taking place and how are you going to do it? And your typical, because um, of course, sometimes you may conduct a untypical process, but the typical process is that, uh, you know, has that start, middle and the end. And then you probably know because, you know, the selection phase could be different in different companies and it could be different in different uh, uh, positions. So you have that experience of how your what, what your typical recruitment process is like and, and how, you know, long does it take to make those decisions. So the purpose here in step three is to actually plan what communication you need. What is the right time in your process 
to do the communication. What type of communication is it going to be? Is it going to be informational? Is it going to be helpful? Is it going to be encouraging and inspiring? And uh, how are you going to do it? Are you going to do it on social media? Are you going to do it on email? Are you going to do it through your recruitment system? Are you going to do it on the phone? Are you going to use your career site for it or some of it? You know, how are you going to do it? So this is where you plan it. And obviously, there's a lot of variety here based on what tools you have available. How big is your own talent audience in social media? Is it worth for you to, you know, uh, do it on social media? What other content you have that you can use in this framework? How inventive you personally are with, you know, using social media, with uh, using words to communicate, marketing. How comfortable you feel about, you know, using different social media features such as live and video. And of course, how much time do you realistically have in your hands? And the planning phase is important because you can plan, you know, the bare minimum. This is where you start. And then you can iterate this. You can, you know, grow your plan, expand your plan as you go. So you you can use your recruitment processes as kind of a test environment also for a candidate communication plan and start with something and then, you know, add it develop it. Step four in this framework, how to plan the the six-step process, how to plan an effective, simple yet very effective candidate communication framework is writing your candidate communication messages into reusable templates. So this is the step where you actually start writing. You have the plan and now you write as many of those messages in advance into reusable templates so that you don't have to start ideating them when you need them because that's when it's going to be too late because you don't have the time to do it then and obviously you know you're likely to experience a writer's block when you are pressed with time and urgency to create those messages so you want to do these you know when you're not operating a recruitment process step number five implementing your candidate communication plan into your recruitment process or recruitment project schedule. In this fifth step, you actually implement that plan when you send those messages, how you do it, into your recruitment process timetable. Now, if you're not managing your recruitment process like a project with planning, scheduling, booking events, booking tasks, booking people's time into the calendar in advance, you definitely should start doing it right now. This is going to be a lifesaver for you. This is something that will greatly improve your own experience as a recruiter. This is how you commit your internal colleagues who you need to take part in the recruitment process to be available when it's needed. They're going to love it because they'll be able to plan ahead and prepare when it's needed. This will shorten this is likely to shorter make shorter all of your recruitment processes because it's gonna you know you're gonna start managing them like a project but um you know when you have this kind of a a scheduled approach you're able to add those candidate communication steps tasks into that schedule and also book a time for them and you know what isn't on a calendar, it's not going to happen. So that's why it's important. That's why it's step number five. And in that course, when we launch Telemarketing School, I have a bonus video and, you know, an Excel temple, temple, not a temple, template uh, for this 
you know, how to convert your recruitment process into a recruitment project. So uh, this is really good. And if this is like, I've never even thought about this, you should definitely, you know, then sign up for telemarketing school and learn this. And then the step number six in this uh, planning process is executing your candidate communication plan in all of your processes according to your recruitment plan, your or communication plan and your recruitment schedule. This is the final step in the planning process. This is the execution. This is where the work starts, because if you only plan, that's not going to get you any results. So you must be very conscious about the execution as well. That is why it's number step number six. That isn't that is why, you know, it is part of this planning phase. You have to actually make sure that you start executing it as well. And what I like to do with everything is that I analyze how things work. Then I iterate, sometimes I reiterate in order to, you know, to maximize the impact and the value. What do you think about it? Is this something that you could consider as a recruiter to implement into your recruitment process? If you do go to modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast 62, everything together in small letters, podcast 62, 62 numbers, go to download the cheat sheet to get you going with this. And if you are on Instagram, follow the handle Talent Marketing Bro profile because you don't want to miss out on my free talent marketing tips and opportunities for you to, you know, to grow and develop your talent marketing acumen for free. Alrighty, I'll be back next week again with another episode of Building a Modern Empire Brand podcast. This is uh, Susanna and... Uh, I'm going to say moi moi. Moi moi is finished. That's my native language and it means bye bye. So moi moi.